the Junk in the Trunk series, Family Junk. Wow, busy, isn't it? That's exciting. That's exciting to me. I'm excited about all this going on. Let me say just a couple things if I can. There's some things, you know, you have to sign up for. You know, dinner and a movie. If you don't tell us you're coming, you can come watch the movie, but we might not have any dinner for you, okay? So you have to tell us you're coming. And there's $6 charge for that, $12 for a couple. This really is something geared toward married folks. But uh, if you're in a relationship, serious relationship, you need to come as well if you're just dating. And uh, any age, though, uh, young and not so young anymore, uh, definitely, please be here. You need to let us know. And listen, anything that's going on around here that you can't do because of money, you need to come see me or a staff member. We don't want anybody to not be involved in some kind of ministry, some kind of blessing because of finances, okay? You come see us, and we'll, we, we've got people that will scholarship, you know, if, there, if there's truly a need. We want to we want to do that. Financial peace, there's a, you know, the... Uh, Preview is this afternoon, right after this service. Hang around for that. There's no charge. This is a free preview. You'll learn something about how to save money, even during this free preview. I think it's uh, about $100 you'll need to pay if you want to be in the class. The church is already going to have to you know, buy the material. Hey, we're investing some money in this because we want you to be set free from that. We uh, preached on you know, financial junk, getting it out of our lives. We want to help you keep it out. This is one of the tools been giving you a couple of tools every week after the sermon. This is one of the tools. So a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of things happening. Uh, there's something going on back here in the corner. I'll say something about that at the end of the message. But let me say this just before we get into the, the message today. This is the last sermon with the, the trunk on the stage. Uh, we've been getting junk out of it every week, and today we're going to be getting some family junk out of it. Before we get to that, I want to say something about it. The first three weeks, uh, I challenge you to fast something. And it uh, hasn't been a food fast, even though when I said something about something you really treasure, some of you may have chosen a food to fast or something. But it's really just about f- fasting some of the things that are in your life. And uh, the reason for this is sometimes what, what we allow this stuff that gets in the trunk, what we allow it to do is, is start taking control of our lives and mastering us. And what fasting does is it turns that mastering back over. You're supposed to be the master of everything in your life. You're in charge. You, you are totally in control, free will. You know, that's what God gave us. You're supposed to be the master. Nothing's supposed to be controlling you. And so I pray that you, you've joined us with some of that. And if you didn't, go back and listen to the sermons, pick up some of that and, and fast some of these things and, and start getting control over your life again because God wants you to have great things, abundant things. And uh, that's kind of where we're headed really soon right here. And I'll share that with you at the end of the message too. So let's have a word of prayer. We're going to get to family junk, okay? Father, we thank you, God. Thank you for visiting us with us today. God, being here in this place, Lord, God, just uh, an amazing move of your spirit, Lord, in the, in the, uh, in the worship, God, in both services this morning. God, just thank you for that. I thank you, God, for, for, uh, the, God, how you've been just touching lives in the, in the, uh, prayer times at the end of all of these messages, Lord, how you've, uh, just challenged us, God, and, and you've ministered to us. And Lord, there are people seated here with me today, God, that are really struggling with some things and, some stuff that's embarrassing or will we'll never embarrass them, God, but some stuff they don't want to talk about. But, God, we've got to deal with it, and I pray that you really help us today. Lord, I pray that you, you help us allow, allow you to come in and clear us out of all this stuff. God, for healing. Lord, for deliverance, God, for, uh, for setting some, uh, some uh, endings and new beginnings and some things. Lord, I just pray that you would have your will. And, and God, do not be hindered today. Do not be hindered by anything, I pray. Our doubt, God, uh, Lord, whatever it is that you want to do today, I pray, God, do not be hindered by that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 
families. How many of you got a family? Okay, anybody not raise their hand? Okay, we all have families, right? Okay, that was a, 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 just a question to make sure you were listening, I guess, a little bit. We all have families. Aren't families awesome? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they can be blessings and they cannot be blessings, right? I mean, they, they, they give us all kinds of things. They, you know, they provide stuff for us. They provide, you know, shelter, clothing, you know, and uh, education, even discipline, which we don't like when we're getting it. But a few years later, you'll appreciate the discipline, you know, if you get discipline from your family. And they give us all kinds of stuff. I mean, we get our looks from them. We get our noses, you know, and our ears, you know, and just uh, a cute little smile, you know, that your uncle had, you know, that passed down to you, you know, and, and uh, everybody said, Gucci, it's good. you know, you look just like your uncle, you know, and, and those little quirky ways that you've got, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of run in the family. And, and you know, and I, I kind of said something about one of Bradley's quirks that, in the early service, and I thought, you know, he might look at it the other way. It might be the rest of us that have the quirk, and he's just the normal one, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it is. You know, we get all kinds of stuff from our families. We get, you know, names and reputations. And uh, honest, I promise you, when, when I was 19 years old, I was the assistant manager for a Captain D's in Vestavia. It's not as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, I was the assistant manager, worked 80 hours, get paid for 40. You know, so that's, that's what an assistant manager kind of is a lot of times. And uh, I promise you, not, ma- not making a bit of this up, the, the, the managerial team there was the, the manager, me, the assistant manager, and the dining room manager. And our names were Hand, Arm, and Butts. I promise you, that was exactly what the names were, Hand, Arm, and Butts. I mean, we, we had it covered at the, at the Captain D's in Vestavia back in those days. You know, you, you, well, I started to say you can't change your name. Well, you can change your name. You've got to go to a lot of trouble. But, you know, really who you are, you can't change a lot of that stuff. But some of the stuff that we do, do get handed down, we do need to deal with, and we do need to pray about. For, for instance, let's check out our trunk today. It's, it's getting pretty empty, you know. Uh, but here's, uh, here's some of the junk that's in, in our trunk. You know, uh, you know, our medical records, some x-rays here. This is, this is, uh, this is a leg, a knee something right here. You know, these, these are the things, you know, sometimes we have medical problems, illnesses and diseases, genetic, uh, you know, uh, things that are handed down to us from our parents and our grandparents. So, you know, sometimes they say those, those kinds of things skip a generation or whatever, but these things are handed down to us. Uh, you know, like what? High blood pressure, heart trouble, uh, migraines or migraines run in my family, you know, and I, I haven't had migraines a lot in a long time. I normally only get them when I'm under stress. So if I tell you I got a migraine, you know, pray for me to get out from under some stress or whatever, you know, that is, uh, you know, but migraines run in, run in our family. Uh, here's, uh, here's some more. Uh, and I couldn't figure out what these were pictures of, you know, uh, which I'm not a doctor and it's, uh, but I thought it was a brain at first, but then I'm not really sure. It looks like a cross section of a of a T-bone steak or something. I don't know what this is, but all this stuff gets handed down to us. Now, here's the thing. How many of you have something like, like not these pictures, but you have something like that handed down in your family, I mean, that runs, that runs in your family, some kind of sickness, illness, or disease? Here's the thing. At the end of this service, I want you to get your mind made up right now. At the end of this service, we're going to pray. One of the things we're going to pray about is we're going to pray for God to stop that right there in your family, that it end with you. Cut it off, God. I, I don't want to pass this down to my kids. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't want to pass this down to my grandkids. I, I want this to stop right here at me. I'm going to be the one to, you know, somebody's going to have to stand up and believe in the power of the name of Jesus for healing and deliverance from this. And so, and so what? Why not me then? Come on, somebody. Why not me be the person that says it's over? 
Today, it's done, and this is, it's not going any further whatsoever. We get, uh, so, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about how we get our looks, you know, from our, from our families, you know, and those things. And David told me yesterday uh, uh, that I had Colin for a few moments, and he, he kind of fell asleep. And he was laying, laying out like this over me, you know, with his mouth clo- with his eyes closed. And, and she, she looked over, she said, you know, y'all look alike. And, uh, and, you know, she didn't say it while he was dressed real pretty, you know, and sitting up like a gentleman. Everything, you know, he's like, he was all laid back like this, you know. And she said, y'all look alike. Well, I think really it was because he had his head laid back so far she couldn't see any hair and she said that our foreheads looked like you know we get those kinds of things from our family our looks and and all of that you know and this looks like whatever but we also get things like pride vanity you know and our egos our attitudes attitudes for people attitudes for one another we you get that from your family the way your family treats others you know how they talk about people behind their back i know your family doesn't do that right but if your family does you grow up and you do the same thing and the attitude that you have toward people, when you don't have patience with people, when someone gets in your way and they don't get out in a hurry, you know, and, uh, they mess up something about your life or something about your day or whatever, and, and you don't have any patience with them. And, you know, we, we look in a mirror and we can say, you know, I really wish, you know, I had got Uncle, uh, you know, Uncle Bob's nose instead of, you know, Aunt Susie's nose. You know, I wish I, we, we can wish those kinds of things. Well, we don't get to choose those things that are handed down. But, you know, we can... Ask God to help us break some of those spiritual things. Because you know what? When you're looking in this mirror, it's not the man that you're seeing in this mirror that you need to be looking at. There's another man that you need to be looking at. The spiritual man is the one that you need. And you're not going to find him in this mirror. You know, and how much time do you spend? Well, let's see, I don't have to spend much time in front of this mirror anymore. I mean, you know, washcloth and I'm good, you know. Uh, don't have to do a whole lot there. But we spend so much time in front of this mirror, but there's a, there's a mirror that we don't spend enough time in front of, and it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. And that's, that's the mirror that we need to get in front of because that's the mirror that shows us really what we look like. And that's what's more important is the spiritual man that you can't see in this mirror, but you can see in that mirror. And you need to be looking at that. And when you look at that, you may say, oh, man, I, I, I hate some of this stuff that got handed down, which we'll talk about. And some of it is this. And some of it's not sin. It's just some bad stuff that you've got in your life that, hey, I just want out of me. It's not necessarily that somebody messed up or committed sin or did anything, but it's just there's some stuff that my family is always doing, that I don't want to deal with anymore. Now, there are several scriptures of the Old Testament that talk about generational curses. And uh, I want to talk just a little bit about that with you. And because uh, I think there's a couple, of, there's one or two ways that most people look at those scriptures. And let's read it first. It says, the Lord is long-suffering. This is Numbers chapter 14. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he by no means clears the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Now, most people, you, you, you uh, kind of look at that scripture in one of two ways. A lot of people look at it and say, well, that's Old Testament. It doesn't apply today. Well, yeah, it does, but and I'll, I'll show you how it does apply here in just a few moments. You'll probably agree with me in a few moments about that as well. And other people, others kind of look at it like, uh, you know, this is weird here that God's going to judge this and all the way down to third or fourth generation. Or they think he's a man that's a mean God that he's just sitting in heaven waiting for somebody to mess up so he can curse their kids and grandkids and great grandkids. Neither one of those is true, okay? Let me give you a little bit different way to look at this. Is it is a spiritual law or a natural, spiritually natural law that God has just spoken into existence? And because it's in existence, he's not sitting up waiting for us to mess up. So he can point his finger and zap you and zap your kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids. It's just a law. It's just the way it is. 
Example. And we use this, and we've been using it a lot here lately because talking about how our junk gets full, or our trunk gets full of junk, and this is one of the way it happens, is that it happens by sowing and reaping. You remember? Sowing and reaping. And the Word of God says, whatever man sows that shall he also reap. Now, that's a New Testament scripture, right? But you know when, you know when that first began? You know when, the, when that law was first written by God? It was spoken into existence by Him. And when God speaks, it's done. I mean, when He speaks a law into existence, it is in existence until he speaks it out of existence. I mean, it is in force until he says, no, it's no longer in force. And it's all the way back. That, that sowing and reaping thing goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind. According to its, according to its kind. Whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. Now, God can do anything. I mean, if he's creating the world, There is no plan out there, right? I mean, mean, there's not a set of instructions that somebody else wrote. There's not another God that said, hey, do it this way. No, God's in charge. You know, what he could do is with every single seed that has ever been created by any plant, he could have put all the DNA of every plant that would ever need to be produced inside that one seed. And then, you know, have it some way that maybe the environment causes a particular plant to grow. Or that maybe the kind of earth that it grows out of. Or maybe what time of day you water it. I mean, God could have done any kind of crazy thing, couldn't he? But you know what he did? He chose. He made a law out of sowing and reaping right here when he said that they will bring forth out from their kind. Out of their seed, they will bring forth of their kind. Meaning that you don't plant seed A and get plant B. You plant seed A, you're going to get B. you're going to get A. You're going to get plant A. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And God reaffirms that, and he and he draws our attention to it in a spiritual way also, because this physical law here is also teaching us a spiritual law. And so God reminds us of it in the book of Job, and in the book of Proverbs, and in the book of Ezekiel, and the book of Romans, and the book of Corinthians, and the book of Galatians, just to name a few. That He re- reminds us that there are things that are going to uh, come to us based on our actions and things we do and specifically even says in some places that whatever a man sows that shall he also reap that if you plant this you're going to get this and you know God's not sitting up in heaven waiting to see what kind of seed you can stick in the ground so he can zap and say okay that's going to be that because you put no it's a it's a spiritual law that is in place and it's not been done away with so you know what that means it's still happening today if you sow junk you get junk but you know, if you sow good stuff, you get good stuff, right? If you want, if you want to have friends, if you want to reap friends, how do you reap friends? By being a friend, right? You sow friendship and you reap friendship. You want to smile? You know, smile at somebody. I mean, you know, we showed you a smile a minute ago and all of you were smiling. Of course, you couldn't hardly help smiling or laughing at that, could you? I mean, and, and so it's, it's the sowing and it's still there. The same thing is happening with this verse that we read just a few moments ago from the book of Numbers chapter 14. That the generational curse that is there, what has happened is when we commit iniquity, it passes down into our kids' lives. When we do things, I mean, when you do something, your kids pick it up. I've never seen a kid pick up as much stuff as we, that we do as Brooklyn does. I mean, we can say, we can say a word one time and she will repeat it that way. It's like she is, she is going to be a tape recorder. I mean, that's it. She is going to do it. And so, you know, that, that makes me even more concerned that every little thing I do in front of her has to be the right thing. 
Because I've got to make sure that she is picking up the right. And you know what? She's not going to pick up the right thing from me if I'm doing the wrong thing. And that's what the scripture is meaning, is that this iniquity is going to be passed down. And, and, and it, is a, it is a curse of sorts, but it is a natural curse. It's going to happen. That means it's going to take a while for that thing to work itself out of the family. So by all means... Let's stop bringing the stuff into our family because it's going to take three or four generations to get. Let me just explain it to you this way, because this is so obvious, you know, and, and, and I got a bag of junk here today and we chose to put this in, in a bag baggage because our kids and our adults as well are walking around with a lot of baggage in their lives today. The baggage is coming from their parents, their family, or family members, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and stuff. A lot of this baggage is coming. And the reason we chose to put it in here today is there's a lot of unspeakable things in this bag. Stuff that we don't want to show, stuff that we don't want to talk about, stuff that we don't want to display, stuff that, stuff that would be embarrassing, stuff that has impacted some of your lives that, oh, I don't even want to think about that. And, and so it's unspeakable stuff that is, that is in this bag. But l- let me explain it to you this way. This truth that we're talking about, about this generational curse thing. That little boys who grow up watching their dads hit their moms grow up and hit their wives too. And what is even worse is little girls that watch their moms get hit, they are more likely to grow up and allow themselves to be hit. And you, say, and you might say, well, no, that's not going to happen because they might not marry. You know, they're not going to turn whoever they marry into that. That's not how it happens. But if what happens is that girl who watches her mom get hit, she is more likely than any other girl around to pick a guy that will hit her when they get married. That's the way it happens. Amen or oh me. We got really quiet when we we're talking about this. Well, you know, I, I've told you before, I had heard an old preacher say one time, when they get quiet, that means you're hitting them where they live, so nail them to the wall. So I want to nail you to the wall here for just a minute. Is that what we're dealing with? I mean, is it physical abuse or emotional abuse? Some of you dealing with some of that kind of stuff. Baggage that you're having to carry around from the, the emotional abuse that you've witnessed in your family. And now it's coming to you. And you know, here's what happens. If you don't deal with it, you're going to take it into your family. You're going to take it into your marriage. Kids, if you watch your, your parents do this kind of stuff, attacking each other with their fists or with their attitudes. You're going to take it into your family unless you do something to break that. You know, we, we got another bag here. It's got just more stuff in it. It's not quite as loud. It's different stuff because it represents something else. Sexual sins. Pornography. Men who are addicted to pornography have the first door open normally by a family member. A little boy finds his dad's pornography. And then shares it with everyone, and the door is open. Men, por- pornography is something that is passed down. The pornography addiction is passed down. Sexual addictions, rape, and incest. If you ever see incest in a family, you will very rarely see one case of incest in a family, but you'll see multiple cases. In our one of our youth groups, when we were when we were kids, uh, when we were uh, just kids in ministry. I mean, just so young, not knowing anything to do. Had a girl go uh, go into labor right in, right in the middle of my Wednesday night sermon. This girl, she had been coming to church there most of her life. And so she had been there a while. I'd been there a while. We knew her. When we found out she was pregnant, you know, we just brought her in and everything, counseled with her. 
She told me in counseling she didn't know if the fa- she didn't know who the father was because she wasn't sure if it was her dad's or her it was her dad's or her brother's because both of them. You see, when incest is in a family, there'll be more than one case of it normally. Why? Because it passes down, because it breeds, because it grows. All this stuff that we allow. And see, here's the danger is because you might think, well, that just happened that one time or that just happened right there or that happened to me. But, you know, if, you, if we're not careful, we'll allow it to pass on down as well. Women who have been beaten turn their eyes when it begins to happen to their children. Ooh, goodness. God just had me stop here for just a minute. Women who've been taken advantage of Men who were taken advantage of when they were younger. They began to ignore it when they began to see it around themselves. They don't necessarily become the abuser. But they become the one who allows it to continue to happen. And just because it happened to you and you got over it and you're still alive today and all that, that doesn't mean it's okay. And today it's time to stop that right here, right now. That curse needs to go away. For someone that's been sexually abused, that curse needs to go away today. Oh, somebody help me and say amen. That curse needs to break. It needs to stop right here, right where it is. You've been hurt? Yeah, you've been hurt. You want to pass that down? No, I want it to stop. I don't want, I don't want, any, I don't want my, my children to be hurt like that. Kids, young adults aren't married yet. Listen, you've got to say, I don't, I, don't want to see, I don't want to see the same hurt that's been in my life. In my kids' lives. And you gotta, you got to deal with that today. Just as sure as, as you need to pray and say, God, give me a healing and don't let this pass on down. So you got to say the same thing over that sexual abuse and sexual sin, incest or whatever it is, rape that's been in, in your life and hurt some of you. God's had me just stop here for a moment. Just talk a little bit here. We're dealing with, we're dealing with some things. And Holy Spirit's dealing with some things for this moment right here. I want you to make up your mind. Just like we talked about this medical stuff, I want you to make up your mind. And at the end of this message, we're going to pray and we're going to believe God that it stops today. God, you're going to heal me enough that I can forget it and get over it. And I'll make sure it doesn't pass down any farther. That there are no more victims in my family. That there are no more incest and rape victims in my family that we're going to get over this. Hmm. All of these things. All of these things. See, see, here's the problem. The danger is here. Here's, the da- here's, how, here's how it happens. is because what you are doing is you are creating a normal for your kids. Parents, when you allow something to happen, you're creating that as a normal for your kids. Is it, you see, when, when they see these things happen, they grow up thinking it's normal. Now, now, now I know they're going to go to school and they're going to learn other things. But those other things are going to be the abnormal things that they want to try because they've already been. Your, their, your, your home, where they grow up, that's their normal. Whatever you're doing, they think is normal. That's why they grow up to repeat it because they think it's normal. Today, normal needs to end for some people because normal ain't God's normal for some of you. And it needs to end for some of us. Take you to a familiar scripture, Proverbs. You remember this one? You've heard this before, right? I want to explain this normal thing to you right here. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've heard so many people talk about that. And people that, that would you know, even ask, there, well, how could this happen? Because the Word of God says if you train them up, it, it will not depart from them. Or, you know, how, how, is, how is this happening? Because I raised my kids right. 
if they're going in the wrong direction. Well, you know, it's got to be the whole package, though, you know? You can't just bring your kids to church every Sunday and then cuss each other all the way home. You've got you to live the whole package in front of them. Because two hours on Sunday morning of dressing it up, making it look good, and making everybody else think everything is okay is not going to teach them what's right when you're doing wrong the rest of the time. And all the other stuff that you do, you know what they learn from us? They learn lying from us. They don't learn... They, they, don't, they might learn lying from a friend, but they, they already know it's wrong by the time a friend teaches them to lie, if you've taught them right. They learn manipulation. They learn all these kinds of things from it because we teach them what is norm. And that's what this word is saying right here. God is saying, what, if you give them the norm that is the right norm, it won't go away from them. There's another spiritual truth. That whatever is norm is going to hang on with them. It's going to be there with them. And so if you make the norm the way they should go, if that's the norm in your house, and your kids understand that the norm is the way they should go, then when they grow up, they're going to know what the norm is. But if your norm is not God's norm, that's what they're going to grow up believing is the way they're supposed to act. And can, can they get forgiveness? Can they, yeah, they can get forgiveness and deliverance. But they're going to have to fight for it. They're going to have to struggle through it. They're going to have to pray. They're going to have to seek God. They're going to have to fight it with everything within them to break through the norm because the norm is one of the strongest things in our lives. What we believe we're supposed to do, what we believe is normal. And what God is saying right here is, is give them the norm and they won't walk away from it. So what, are the, what is the norm in your life? What is the norm in your home? What's the normal? That's the question for every parent and every future parent to ask, what is the norm in my family, in my home, and in my life? The norm is important. I don't want anybody to be offended. Because I'm not saying that these are wrong. Everybody, had, everybody in this room has had to have financial help at some point or another. Amen? We've all had to have some help somewhere. Somebody had to help. Somebody had to co-sign with us because we didn't have good enough credit. Somebody had to loan us $5 to get gas or whatever. We've all had to have some help. But here's the problem, is if we're not careful, if we're not careful with, with, with anything, it doesn't have to be food stamps, it could be anything. If we're not careful, we will teach our kids that living in poverty is the norm. That they should never expect to have enough. They should never expect to, to be blessed by God. They should never expect to be able to just get up and go to work and make enough money and provide for their family and hold their head up high. But they should always expect to have to sneak around or to beg around and to, to be embarrassed about their financial shape. You need to break the norm. If, the, if this is what your parents have hand, has handed down to you, you need to break the norm. And say, no longer. I believe God. Listen, we talk about dreams around here a lot because that's what 2911 means. And, and we talked about it Wednesday night. And take Jeremiah 29 and 11 and, and then, then add Isaiah 55 and 8 to it. You know what it says? It says the dreams, the plans that God has for you are bigger than you can dream, bigger than you can imagine. He doesn't think like we think, but he thinks on a higher plane. He's got greater plans for you. But if we raise our kids with a poverty mentality as their norm, They'll never be able to grasp the great dream that God wants them to have. And so if you're living in this or somebody handed it, and you know what? It's not even just, it's not even just in finances, but it's also in spiritual realm as well. There's a lot of poverty-stricken Christians, spiritually speaking. They might as well be living off of, living off of spiritual food stamps. They don't, need, they don't need too much of God, just enough to kind of get me through. 
And your kids don't, your kids are not going to grow up knowing what it is like to have a God who is awesome and able to meet their needs. I, I mean, we've, we've been hearing about healings taking place in our church. Prayers were, 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 prayers were started going up a week and a half ago for several people that have been healed in this last week and a half. And some of them have been already verified by the doctors. We're waiting on a couple more this week. But you know, if you've got a poverty mentality that says, well, we, you know, we just got to hope God one day will, so what? You've got to break that. Let your kids see and understand that God is a God that is able to meet every one of their needs. Don't let them live with a poverty mentality. Don't take, uh, one of the worst aspects of this is laziness. See, this will create laziness if you're not careful. And I'm talking spiritually speaking right here. If you're not careful, you get a poverty mentality. I just have to have enough of God to get from Sunday to Sunday. You'll be lazy and you'll never have anything. And your kids will be just like you. And you'll struggle with every, every little thing you do every single day of the week because you've got this poverty mentality that is bred laziness inside of you. Break this and say, God, give me the strength to be the one that stands up and say, no more. Poverty mentality in my finances, in my relationships, in my marriage, and in my spiritual life as well. I, I sure hope I don't offend anybody here. Those people that love these things normally have guns hanging in their back windows too. But this is, you know, and, and I'm not saying that this is wrong because this, this means something different to some people in the South. But this is the, the I mean, this is the sign. Of racism. And racism is handed down. Our, our attitudes toward other it's handed down from our families. The way we feel about other people from other countries, other lands, or other, just different from us across the other side of town. It's handed down. And, and, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you can't have one of these. I, I, I just tell you that I can't. I, I can't because... One of the things is what it stands for in the mind of so many people. Galatians tells us this. You know, it doesn't matter what my dad and your dad said about the races. We what matters is what God said. He said this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. That's the races. There is neither slave nor free, and that's class. There is neither male nor female, that's sex, gender. For you are all one in Christ. There is no more. A pastor at a church, and I remember getting up one morning, and I was having to deal with this a little bit. Yeah, there was some racism in the church. And I said, listen, you look around and you'll see. We got some whites in this place. We got some blacks. We got some browns. We got some greens. And the oranges, they sit over there. You have brother and sister orange. That's where they sit. And the brother and sister green. And brother and sister. He said, they thought I was talking about color. And you did too, didn't you? I mean, is there, according to God, there's more difference in us by our last name than there is by our race and creed. And here's the, here's the problem today. We can't live, you know, we're, we're not in 1940s Germany. 
You know, we can't kick everybody out and say, only people that look like me, act like me, you know, came from the same bloodline as me. You know, the United States of America is a melting pot. We always have been. More and more people are coming from every country as it is. And, you know, it used to be the big deal. And what this really symbolized was, was black and white racism. But, hey, now the Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, and all that, I mean, man, it's like they're everywhere. And you know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing the same kind of stuff I heard associated with this. I'm beginning to hear about them. You know what? Tell me this. How do we reach? A race of people that we don't love. How do we tell them about a God that died on the, on the cross for their sin if we don't believe that, they, that God died for their sin? If we, if we believe that there's something different about, uh, about their family or about where they grew up, this is stuff that was handed down to us. And, and I'm not saying the flag is wrong. I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying that some of the things that the, the South stood for, and I'm a, Product of the South. I'm not saying some of that stuff isn't good stuff, but I'm saying racism, we've got to destroy. We've got to throw it down. We've got to get rid of it. And, and, and listen, because and I told you, I can't have one. Here's why I can't have one of those. Romans 14 and verse 21. Thanks, Mike, for getting that for me. It is, neither, it is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. If you offend somebody with something, God, it's better to just not do that thing. And if this offends somebody, you're not supposed to do it as a Christian. The thing about eating meat, that was about meat being sacrificed to idols. Okay, now, I wanted you to understand that because I don't want you to think God's saying, now, if anybody's being petty. No, God's not saying if anybody, because so the vegans out here that you don't like to see the blood coming out of my medium rare steak, I mean, he's not talking about you, okay? He's talking about people that have a spiritual problem. You know, so this was a spiritual problem they had about eating meat. Sacrifice. And they were, they, had, they were offended at this. How could somebody, and if somebody is truly offended, then, then the Word of God says, you can't do that. You have to stop it. I'm not saying you can't have one of these, but I can't have one of these because i got too many friends that are offended by this. i got too many brothers and sisters that are offended by this. And so I say, let anyone, oh, and you say, well, me and, you know, my wife, we can kind of try to teach our kids. But, you know, their they're grand, great-grandparents and great-uncles and all them and cousins, they're still going to tell them. They're still going to talk bad. But you set the norm. You do. And when they hear that from somebody else, if you have set the right norm, my goodness, you know I don't spend as much time right here. If you set the right norm and they hear that, they have a pity in their heart for the people that spoke those words or they have an anger or they have a misunderstanding about, Mom, why do they talk like that? You set the norm. So today we're going to set the norm. Wrap this up with just a couple of things here. Some of you got some of this kind of stuff in you. In your families too. Addictions, drug abuse, some of that. Maybe it's not yours. Maybe it's not yours. But you know what? If you're not careful, you can still pass it down without ever taking it yourself. You see, because you're setting the norm. Man, goodness, I got to quit. I got to quit. I can't, fin- I, I can't finish this thought here, but... I've got to finish this thought here. You're setting the norm. And if your kids see you accept this into your home, even if you don't put it into your body, you're setting a norm 
that is going to enable them to pick it up themselves one day. It's not just those things, it's these things. Alcoholic, alcoholics, that, uh, that's passed down from our families as well. And, and you, might, you might not be an alcoholic, but if your dad is an alcoholic, your grandparents are alcoholics, you might be a carrier of that kind of a gene, but more importantly, it's this norm that you are allowing. Guys, you're not married yet, it's this norm that you're allowing. Even though, even though it's not gotten you yet, even though you're not drinking and you're not shooting and you're not smoking anything, you know, it, it doesn't matter. If you're allowing it into your life, somebody has to say it ends today, right now, right here. It's got to be over. Stand with me, if you will. One last, one last example. The trunk is empty. And that's what some of you got from your family. Spiritually, you got an empty trunk. You didn't have parents that took you to church. You didn't have grandparents taught you the old Sunday school songs. You started to church on your own. A friend brought you. You go home from church and there is no support. There's nobody encouraging you. There's an empty trunk in your family spiritually speaking. And this is all you got. This is hour, 15 minutes or so that we get on a Sunday morning. This is all you've got. An empty spiritual trunk. Your family gave you nothing. You've got to go get it for yourself. Go get it for yourself. I'm speaking specifically to some standing right there. Go get it for yourself. You have to. If your, if your family didn't provide it, if all they had was a, an empty trunk spiritually, and they didn't give you anything, you still got to go get it. And be beginning. Mike, I want to jump ahead. I want to go to the direction before I go to the prayer. That scripture right there. I want to sh- give you this first before we come to the altar, before we come down here to begin praying. Go after it. Go get it. And choose, and you say, my whole family's spiritual trunk is empty. Then you be the one that things change with. That first scripture that I read to you in Numbers chapter 14, talking about the generational curse passing down to the third and fourth generation. That was in Numbers. This is where it was actually given by God in the book of Exodus, where God gave the Ten Commandments. And as he is describing the commandment about not having any other gods before him, here he says, verse 4, You should not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness or anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Okay, That's what was repeated in Numbers but look at what it says here. But showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. He said, he said yeah, there's some curse. There, there, there's, there's curse with sin. You, you plant bad stuff, you get bad stuff. And, and he said, there, there's curse that is there. But he said, look, I'm also showing mercy. Now, I know if you, when you first read that, you think he's saying, okay, there's going to be iniquity that's passed down for three or four generations, but I'm just going to spread my mercy over thousands of people. That's not what he's saying. 
Here's what he's saying. is he's rel- That word thousands is relating back to the word generations right before it. Read it there with me like that. He's saying, but showing mercy to the thousands. Or to thousands. He said, I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations, but showing mercy to thousands of generations is what he is saying. And so what he is saying is iniquity might last in your family for three or four generations. But if you will do what he said right there, love me and keep my commandments, you'll begin the mercies of God into your family for thousands of generations. Iniquity might last for three or four, but mercies by someone who loves and does God's commandments, mercies will last for thousands of generations. So be the one. Be the one that breaks the chain that says today it's going to end. He forgives. He, he is willing to forgive. Be the one that says today uh, abuse is going to end in my family. T- today uh, this, this medical condition is going to end with me and my family. Uh, today uh, uh, alcohol addiction or drug addiction, uh, incest, whatever it is, today is going to end with me. And I'm going to be the one. That starts the thousands of generations of mercies that God is going to bring into our family. Don't you want that? I want to be, I don't want that to just happen. I want to be the man that it happens from. Oh yeah, I'm the field goal kicker that says that, you know, when the game's on the line, there's one second to go and it's a 47 yarder into the wind. I'm the one that says, yeah, let me go out. I want to be the one that makes it happen. I want to, I want to be the man. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and watch my wife do it. I don't want to sit on the sidelines and when I'm 80, 90 years old, watch my kids try to break it. I want to be the man that breaks that. And so today we're going to offer prayer. First of all, to those who need the, the breaking of a family disease and, and have it end with them. You need a healing, some family disease. You need a personal healing or you want it broken with you. Right now, it's going to stop today. Uh, we're going to pray for those who want to break a family addiction. Even if you don't have the addiction, but there are people in your family that are, have drug addiction, alcohol addiction, or any other kind of addiction, a sexual addiction, any kind of addiction, and, and even though you don't have it, I want to stop it right here today. I don't want my kids, I don't want my kids, kids one day to have this addiction. Uh, We're going to pray for those who need affirmation of their place as God's child. Yes, you were born into this world and you got a whole lot of bad stuff put into your life like this, but you've been born into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. He is now your father and the stuff he puts inside of you, the stuff that is passed down from him supersedes all of this. It it is stronger than all this. It is more more capable of giving you a better life than all this is able to destroy your life. We're going to pray for those who need a new normal for their lives, for their futures, and for their kids. And if you want to pray that kind of prayer, then come. I want to ask everybody to just come this way. Come on and stand with me here. You want to pray that kind of prayer over your family, over your life, over your marriage? Come on here. Come with me. Come on. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Britton, Haley, come come here. Turn around. Uh, Trace, turn around right here. Who who get to other prayer team members real quick? I just feel led to do this real quick. If you, have, if you are sick in body or you've got a healing, uh, you've got a disease thing in your family, you want it broken, you want it over with today, we've got some prayer team members ready to pray for you right now. I think you've got some more. Maybe they're not, maybe they were here in the early service. But if you got some, we've got some prayer team. How many of you, some of you got a healing, you need a healing today. You want something broken. Come, come get right, right here in front of one of them and let them just join your hands with you and let's, let them just believe God to give you a healing, to break this, to break this. Come on, come on. Amen, amen. Dave, turn around here and let somebody come to you if they need. Uh, 
Trace, did she come? Was she coming for prayer? Listen, while they're praying, they may have to listen to this as well. But some of you got some really heavy stuff in your life. Some of you have been abused, misused in ways you can't even trust people anymore. Today, let that in because you don't want your kids to grow up with that same kind of a thing. You see, I ain't had a lot of this kind of stuff shared with me. There's somebody here dealing with some sexual, there's a, there's a sexual past hurt somewhere. I mean, this is so heavy on my heart and it was not like this until the middle of this message. You just listen to me. You be healed today. In the name of Jesus, you be healed today. It's easy to say those words. No, you understand. That's God's will for your life. You be healed today. He didn't put you under this. He didn't cause this. He wants you healed today. You be healed. I want to give you, I want to give you two tools. Right before I give you the tools, though, I want to tell you one last thing. This trunk up here today is leaving. It's the last time you'll see the trunk. We got it empty. But our trunks don't stay empty. If we don't fill them with the right stuff, they'll get filled with the wrong stuff. You got to make sure you keep filling your trunk with the right stuff. Because we, we, we can't stand emptiness in our lives. And we will reach for stuff and stuff and stuff. You got to make sure you... And so this week we end up, we've, we've cleaned it out. It's all gone. Where's the ushers? Let's clean up the rest of this last stuff, guys. We've cleaned it out. Starting next week, we're going to fill our trunks. We got them cleaned out. And starting next week, we're going to begin filling our trunks. Next week, the month of February, is a deeper month. I told you about this the first week of the year. About deeper, stronger, and wider. The month of February is a deeper month. I want you to get ready for this. Begin believing God to start filling your trunk now. It's great to get rid of all this junk. But if you don't fill it with God, it's going to be back. Okay, let me give you two tools. First one, it's been around for a long time. We're really just deepening it more and more. And it's, and it's our prayer line. If you ever get a prayer need... All you got to do is send us an email. Listen, and if you've got an embarrassing thing, you don't have to put all your details because it's going to be shared with people, okay? But just, just said, hey, I've got, I've got a need that's so it's embarrassing. I don't want to tell you about it. Just call it an unspoken request, please, for me. And pray for my family. Give your family's name. And it's really easy to remember. Can you all remember that? Prayer at church2911.com. That's easy, right? But you know the website, hopefully. Prayer at. And it goes to our prayer team. It goes out. It goes immediately to the prayer team. Skipper's address. And then it goes out from Skipper to, to everybody. And they can immediately start praying. And we're already seeing. We're already seeing. I told you people being healed as a result of prayer. Corporate prayer that's going up for, for people like this. The second thing. Got to give you another tool, okay? I told you we're not going to pray over you. Send you out the door and say, hope it goes better. And we, we, we purposefully did this today. I want everybody to turn around face that way. I want you to look back there. See that? This was purposeful today. Your trunk's cleaned out. It's time to start filling it. With good relationships, that's what small groups are about. With good people pouring into you, that's what small groups are about. This was, this was pulled together for this day because it was the end of the Junk in the Trunk series. We wanted it done this day because I wanted, I wanted you to know this is a tool for you to help you make good connections, good relationships, to start filling your trunk up with good stuff. And there's not a person standing here that doesn't fit in one of those groups back there. There's a group back there for you. Tell the person next to you there's a group back there for you. 
consider yourself dismissed. Please go by the table. Some, I, there, I even saw some cookies and candy back there too, so make sure you get some of that.